Welcome in. Wednesday live chat. Let's get after it. Arnold Palmer Invitational. This next hour or so is yours. Whatever you want. DFS, you want to talk about bets and one and done. You want to talk about ownership pivots. Do you want to talk about the weather? Probably something that's going to come up. We'll tackle it very much at the early part of this, but appreciate everybody uh, stopping in. Get your questions in the chat now. You don't have to repeat them. I will go through them in an orderly fashion and answer them to the best of my ability using my website, rickrungood.com. Okay, let's just do the weather thing. All right, so I'll do the weather thing, and then I'll skip all the weather questions, and we can say reference the start of the show for the weather portion. Okay, so we'll just do that right now. Here's where I believe we are at. This is weather underground. We'll start here. We've got uh, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, looking pretty fine, mostly 8 to 10 miles an hour of wind all day. The early morning on Thursday, you know, might be a little bit better than the afternoon on Thursday, but nothing that I would take tangible action on. Here's Friday. Friday morning, pretty tame, 7 miles an hour, 8 miles an hour, 10 miles an hour, then almost right at that second wave. That 11 a.m., 12 p.m., we go from 10 miles an hour to 18 and 19 miles per hour worth of wind. Let's check another source. Let's go to Windy. This is Bay Hill right here, right in the middle of the screen if you're looking at it. See that bay? That's the bay of Bay Hill, okay? That's where that those holes wrap around it, so you know I've got the right spot. Same thing. Thursday, pretty benign. Yeah, the afternoon is a little bit windier, uh, but... That's kind of normal throughout most PGA Tour rounds. Friday, you go from 5 and 6 mile an hour winds with 9 to 12 mile an hour gusts to 14 and 15 mile an hour winds with 30 mile gusts and a slight directional change, which if you're in the middle of the round and the wind changes, uh, could be pretty troublesome. So with this all being said, and I'm not usually a big wind stacker, weather stacker, because this can, this can change. It can change easily. If it comes a couple hours early or a couple hours late, we've screwed it up. But based on this, um, this is certainly the most actionable information or, or, or most I'll take with it, um, this year. And maybe in the last couple of months, just because it's kind of been stuck on this Friday afternoon wind for quite some time. So as of right now, I'm going to probably be leaning pretty heavily on Thursday afternoon, Friday morning. I believe that's fair. I believe that's really fair. So Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, if you want really easy way to build lineups like this. And for those of you who don't know, the custom model on rickrungood.com, and I'll get myself out of the way so that you can see allows you to wave stack. So you can say, I want everybody from the PM wave. That's Thursday PM, which would then mean Friday AM. So you can say, I want everybody from Thursday PM, or I want at least four golfers or at least five golfers, or at least whatever you want, right? From that wave. So a really easy way to be able to stack it if that's what you want to do. But I believe that this is um, tangible and actionable enough. There we go. Okay. Keep an eye on it Wednesday night. 
And if you're up early Thursday morning, but it's been pretty consistent all week long. Is Sam Ryder too much of an injury risk? Ask Jesse. Huge reward. What's the injury risk? He's fine. He's been great, right? Sam Ryder's been awesome. Uh, close call at Tory, and then two T20s at the other elevated. I don't. I don't know. What the, I, I, are you seeing because he withdrew from what he withdraw from Honda or was it Honda? Yeah. Uh, Maybe you're still seeing like a designation. I don't think he actually has an injury. Is using Sam Burns getting too cute for one and done where I'm chasing? I'm deciding between Xander, Burns, and Cam Young. I believe it is. Uh, probably just a little bit too cute. Cam Young is probably going to be just fine. I mean, Xander, like, listen, if you're chasing, as long as you're not playing uh, Rory McElroy or, let's see, Scotty Scheffler, you're probably doing an okay job. You know, Xander Shoffley checking in at 2.5% projected ownerships in, in, in one and done. I think Sam Burns is a little bit too cute. You don't need to go that far because there are big-time golfers who have low projected ownership for one and done. Hey, Rick, great content as always. Thoughts on Ben Griffin and Ben Taylor at the Benz. I thought I saw on Monday that Taylor was a good course fit. Okay, this is the course key stats model on rickrungood.com. It takes everything we know about Bay Hill over the course of the last handful of years, and we control – that information with the last X number of rounds that we want. Last 36, Ben Taylor is the first 6K guy who shows up. In fact, he's one of the first guys like under 8K that show up, and he's $6,500. If you look at what he's done recently, he had a good run at Honda, which kind of snapped him back into things after those three missed cuts, but he was playing well before that. So yeah, this is fine. Ben Griffin, I think, is actually probably even a little bit better. Um course fit uh, aside, but this is a really strong stat profile, right? Gain multiple strokes off the tee, be a plus player on approach, be savvy enough around the greens and be abil the ability to get hot with the putter. This is a very, very good stat profile. This is going to be the most difficult field that he's played in, in ever, ever, maybe quite some time. I mean, maybe ever, right? I, I think that might, that might be fair. So temper your expectations, but this is a pretty good stat profile for Ben Griffin. Hey, Rick, can you tell me anything or do a deep dive on Kamayu Johnson? I've not seen many African-American golfers on the PGA tour, so I'm just excited. There's a brother. Okay, sure. Here he is. And also I'll tell you a story. Uh, he's missed the five cuts that I have him measured on, which is all of his PGA tour data, any corn Ferry tour data, et cetera, et cetera. Um, He's basically lost across the board in, in all of those, uh, except I don't know what he did at the Emerald Coast Classic in April of 2021. That was a Corn Ferry Tour event that we don't get a breakdown on. So he has not had a lot of success on the PGA Tour. I will tell you, um, and I don't think I've mentioned this to anybody. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm casually working with uh, Wyatt Worthington out here in Las Vegas, who's currently on the APGA. He actually shot like the round of the day in the APGA event yesterday, uh, but unfortunately he had stumbled a bit in, in round number one, but he's got a lot of upside. He qualified for the last two PGA championships. He played in the rocket mortgage last year. Um, I'm hopeful that we can get him on the corn ferry at the end of this year. He can qualify, but I'm hoping you're going to see him, him in some PGA tour events this year through Monday qualifiers or via some sponsors invites or something like that. But Wyatt Worthington, um, I'm helping him with like some dispersion stuff and some stat stuff, but he's, solid man i love it so hoping hoping that we can get him get him um in some more i'll tell you what if you guys want to do me a go follow wyatt on like twitter and instagram and stuff like that it'll it'll go a long way because i think we're gonna try to get him some sponsor invites into these events it'll be it'll be pretty cool and we'll we'll document it the whole way and we'll keep you involved in it um i saw some reporting that Zalator said he was still in the recovery process. Any thoughts or concerns? No, I think when you have something like he had, I think he would argue or he would say 
he's he's always going to be in the recovery process. You know, he's been very candid that he's had to make some changes to his to his golf swing. But when you look at a stat profile like this, especially the eight strokes that he gained in the ball striking categories at Riviera, um, no, I don't I don't think I need to be genuinely concerned about that. Will Gordon versus Hayden Buckley, um, deep dive, recent form versus higher upside. I'm still very much a believer in Hayden Buckley. You know, the I showed this I think on the Monday show. He has been elite in round one and horrible in round two. That to me feels like a bit of an outlier. And he's played himself out of three of his last four tournaments after playing really good golf um, more frequently than he should. I bet you, I don't know the answer to this, but I bet you if I go to the strokes gain distribution, like gaining five strokes or more for Hayden Buckley is probably going to happen more often than you think. Yeah, he does it as much as... Hideki or Jordan Spieth or Justin Rose or Keith Mitchell. His problem is he does not gain, you know, three or more enough, right? So I, I'm still a believer in, um, in in Hayden Buckley here. Hey, Rick, how do you? Thanks uh, for all that you do. Smash the like button. Thank you, thank you. I'm between Morikawa and Homa, both great ball strikers. How do they do on Bermuda's? Homa just a Poa guy. Can uh, Morikawa close the gap? Okay, so let's go to this. Let's go to Holy Grail. Let's just go like last, like dating back to start of 2021, something like that. We'll do Bermuda. Whoops, Bermuda greens. We'll sort by strokes game putting, and we'll see if we can find Morikawa or Homa first. I imagine we're going to find Homa first. Here he is. 0.22 Morikawa is did I miss him can't be this bad Kenny I guess I could have just searched his name but now I'm kind of committed to this bit that I'm doing here he is uh okay so home was about a half stroke better per round on Bermuda but I will check this real quick and just see the splits because Homa in general is a better putter so let's just see yeah unfortunately Bermuda is Collins' worst surface. FanDuel has Thomas Dietrich, top 40, plus 165. That looks like good value to me. Thoughts? Yeah, so I think he withdrew last week. Uh, there were some good jokes about this. He said illness was the reason, and then someone said like, yeah, four putting from four feet would make me sick too, but which I thought was pretty good. Uh, so I, I'm willing to forgive very, very quickly. I, I Thomas Jutri was uh, a great option heading into the Honda Classic. I don't think that necessarily changes because he got sick or sick to his stomach after some bad play. My sports book gives odds for repeat champs. I got JJ Vaughn at... Valero 150 cage Lee, blah, blah, blah. Okay. These events aren't elevated. Won't. Oh, sorry. I didn't know where you were going with that, Corey. I thought this was going to end up being a Scotty Scheffler question. Burns at Valspar 25 is pretty good because he, if uh, I'm assuming you get it refunded, if he doesn't play, is that true? Or is it like a future? Like you're just kind of SOL. So because he will almost certainly be way shorter than 25 to one when we get to Valspar that that's the one that, that stands out to me. Rick, I've been noticing my favorite golfers popping up in my dreams after a long day of stat crunching and content consumption. Does this mean I'm becoming too obsessed with golf? No, Phil, it doesn't. It means you're right on track. I had one, I had one golf outright dream once where I had a dream that I bet Keegan Bradley to win a golf tournament at 66 to one. And he won it. And then I woke up and I bet Keegan Bradley that week. And guess what week it was? <gasps> Not the Zozo. It was not the week he won. He like missed the cut, but that's okay. What do you think about Tom Hoagie's value this week? Really good on approach. He is generally speaking though, and we can look at this together. He is bet, and I'm not a big buckets guy, but he is, whoops, he is generally better 
the closer you get to the hole, or I guess the further away that you get, twenty to uh, two hundred to two hundred twenty-five yards, that would be handy. Uh, he's actually not bad from everywhere else. Okay, you sold me. I'm kind of in on Hoagie here. Obviously, the upside has he played a. Yeah, he did play this elevated event, T14 at Riven. He gained a ton of strokes putting. That's probably his best putting week ever. Uh, third best ever. That's a little bit worrisome, but otherwise, no, you're right. This should be a place that um, he'd be able to extend himself. He is a very good iron player. We can't we can't lose two strokes off the tee. This is what we can't do. We, we can't do this. Lose two off the tee, lose three and a half putting. That's what he did in Phoenix, and it was a very, very short week for him. It will be again this week if he does that. I cannot stop glaring at Hideki at 66 to 1. Uh, I agree. I bet Hideki this week. How is value and projected points calculated in the custom model? Okay. The value is calculated by you. That is, um, you know, when you start, so like watch, when, when I start putting in different values here, you're going to see that change. Whoops. So you're going to see the value change your input. What am I, am I silly? Okay, there we go. Um, you're, you're going to see these values change based on your inputs that that's based on your stuff, your weights, your stats, the projected points is mine. So those are my fantasy point projections. If you want to use those, you can, like, if you want to uh, optimize off those, you just click use projected points and it'll shift over. But otherwise the value column is that's not, that's not me at all. That, that is you putting weights on stats and getting like the, the optimizer portion of the model needs a needs a needs a, a a value to run lineups off of so that's what it's doing who do you like in the lower 6k range i like laird and padraig that that's what jaron says i like um hardy at 6400 i also like there was one other I thought I liked down here. Where is No, I don't know who I I don't know who I'm remembering. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. Maybe I'm maybe I'm confusing it with a different range. Um Malnati's not bad, but no, I think the only one that I'd be interested in would be like Hardy, Lipsky and generally avoid said range. Sorry, I was confused there. We're rolling out documentary Damon this week. Let's take a look. Uh obviously big boppers, but he has proven that he can show up. I mean, what? He was the 36 54 hole leader at the at the US Open. Uh love to see this. Love to see him driving it well. I need him to get back to this. I am a little bit concerned that he's lost strokes on approach in four straight considering the fact that he had kind of solved it here for a little bit from Sanderson to Houston. I, 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 he's going to be a little bit risky, especially because if he, if he cannot hit his second shots, he's dead at Bay Hill. Uh, the rest of it's trending in the right direction. You get a lot of bad weeks from him, but you can tell just in, if I just put a trend line, I bet you'd see it uh, generally up and to the right. Here's a question about Pearson Cootie. So super cheap. Um, why am I not getting his strokes gain numbers here? Stand by. Let me try some other way. When these guys make their first start, it's always a little bit, uh, a little bit wonky. Okay, let me. I'll circle back on Pearson Cootie. 
in one and done, I was thinking about using Scotty just because I'm going to go. I think he's going to win this week, but seeing how low Xander's ownership could be, should I be playing him instead? I'm just out of the money. If you're just out of the money, you can play Scotty. That's fine. You're in the top. I'm assuming that's kind of like the top 10% or so. That's fine. Scotty's going to be uh, 10, 12% owned. That's fine. Roll out Scotty. No problem. If you were in like the bottom, it, you know, 20%, I'd be like, you can't use Scotty Scheffler this week. That's, that's fine. No worries there. Whatever happened to Chris Goderup? Uh, he is, uh, he does, yeah, he never had PGA status. He has, he has corn fairy status and he gets a lot of, he gets a lot of um, sponsors invites. So here's, here's what he's been up to. He finished T28 at the Astara Golf Championship, T14 in Panama. So he's playing okay, but he, he's, he never had PGA Tour status. For anyone not in the Slack, us degenerates are getting excited, getting excited on Monday discussing who to bet at 300 to 1 in the Puerto Rico Open. There you go. Join rickrungood.com, get invited to the Slack, and take advantage of said conversations. Jay-Z is here, Slick Rick. That makes your brain... Oh, I screwed it up. Sorry. Slick Rick, that makes your bankroll grow quick. Are these homeboys getting way too concerned with wave advantages? Doesn't seem like a dramatic difference. Hove, I respectfully disagree. And I'm not a big wave weather guy because I think I think we need to embrace the fact that we get it wrong a lot. But um, it's pretty tangible. And, and the idea that it's been very consistent all week kind of has me thinking about it. All right, Rick Run Goat, you know what time it is. We aren't going to bet your bets, but the people want to see the card. All right. Just don't bet them. Bet whatever you want. Here's what I want. So I bet Victor Hovland at 32 to 1. That doesn't even count. Okay. So then I bet I did it. I I um I bet Rory. It was so easy with Rom last week. Why would I not go back to a guy at the top of the board? I've never done it. I did it last week at one. Why would I not do it again? I bet Rory at 10 to 1. I then bet Will Zalatoris at 22. So now I'm pretty strapped. Um Cam Young at 38, Sam Burns at 62, Hideki at 70. A little bit top-heavy, being at a 10, a 22, and a 38. Um, A little bit top-heavy, but I backed it up with Burns at 62, Hideki at 70. Best of luck. Is core cascading still working for you? I get the path to the top argument, but the field's just too good with talent on a weekly basis. Has this affected your 6 of 6 lineup rate this year? Um... Probably a little bit early to tell this year, but I mean, it's an incredibly volatile uh, strategy. For those of you who have never seen this before, type into YouTube or Google like Rick Run Good Core Cascade. It's a way to put in a very top heavy six golfers with a core into uh, into like a 20 max. And it's very, very volatile. It's not for everybody. Chiming in because this is the best part of my week. Thank you, Biggie Balls. I'm just about to go get me some McDonald's and then watch the live chat with my Rick, my man. Appreciate you. Have you noticed that McDonald's has done a little bit of a rebranding? They used to have a uh, crispy chicken sandwich in classic, deluxe, spicy, and I think that's it. Now it's called a McCrispy. Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know some places have both the regular McChicken and the hot and spicy McChicken, but some places only have the hot and spicy McChicken? I wonder why they how they decide that. Are we fully stacking early late wave? Um in theory, sure. In practice, embrace that we could be wrong or that the forecast could change. So I I think what I did is I did um at least four golfers from that. Again, you could do that on the custom model. I did at least four golfers from the Thursday PM wave down here on the left-hand side. At least four golfers. Run that. 
Okay. Rick, can you show who are the best golfers avoiding the left rough when it's windy? Is Zach Johnson the best player under 6,500? Um, I mean, you could do Patty Harrington, right? So Patty Harrington, you, you probably saw the 192-mile-an-hour ball speed that he bet Shane Lowry with this week. Um, but he's also been dominating the Champions Tour, and he made the cut last week at the Honda. Now, I am obviously worried that this is just a field that's going to smack him around a little bit, but he lost five strokes on approach and still made the cut last week. I'm not happy about that. I'm at least kind of impressed by it. Can you do a deep dive on Adrian Moronk? Sure. Yeah, he is right here. He's a big boy. And look at these numbers. Again, shameless plug for rickrungood.com. All the European tour data, all the European tour strokes gain data. What does this look? If I just erase the name, you'd be like, holy crap. This guy has gained strokes off the tee every single week. He's gained on approach every single week. He's gained around the green in three straight, two of them being PGA tour events. And the putter is like mostly good. Can be bad. He's a real player. Real, the real deal. T14 at Honda, T45 at the Genesis, getting more comfortable, right? Those were his first two PGA events since Bermuda when he missed the cut. I I there is absolutely a comfort curve on the PGA tour. And now this is three weeks when, or this is now three starts in a row and three weeks in a row. He will be much more comfortable this week. Of all the golfers that you've seen in person this year, who impressed you the most that you didn't appreciate before? Um, it's not that I didn't appreciate him before, but Patrick Cantlay, I think is a lot more creative than he gets credit for because he's very boring and like very annoying to watch play. And he does the toe tap and it's like horrible to watch. Uh, he is so good and he is so creative. I watched him hit a couple of shots that were, I mean, not human, uh, getting back in play at Riviera. I mean, he, I mean, he is, he is way more creative and has way more shots than he ever. No one has ever been like Patrick Cantlay shot maker, absolute shot maker. Hey Rick, I've been playing day since the Amex worried about the ownership, but also might this might be a bad time to jump off him. Should I just stick with him and be different elsewhere? Yeah. So that's the thing. If you're going to like, if you have a guy um, that you need to play, just be different other places. He actually is, is not, He's not that overowned. I uh Mike Cavalunas, who does the ownership projections for rickrungood.com, has him at 16% right now, which is less than Terrell Hatton. It's close to Keith Mitchell at 15. Cam Young's at 15. It, it's not outrageous, right? It's not like he's 23% owned and he's playing literally the best golf that he's played since he was like the number one player in the world, or at least since the couple of wins in 2018. Whereas ball striking's phenomenal, the putting's back. Um Remember when Jason Day was at his best, like the harder the golf course, the better, right? And he's been, I mean, he won this in 2016. Like the Bay Hill stuff's pretty good. So be different other places. Hey, Rick, out of this group, how would you rank the top four golfers for this week? All caps between Homazala, Taurus, more. Oh boy. Oh my God. There's a million of these guys. I uh, Okay, so it's Homas, Alatoros, Morikawa, JT, Finau, Cam Young, Victor, Fitz, and J-Day. Yikes. Okay. So, uh, Homas, Alatoros, Morikawa, Victor. Hey, Rick, thanks, to, thanks for all that you do. Thoughts on going all in on Max Homa on Jock Market. Thanks. Okay, so here's Max Homa at API. 
Three straight top 24s. What do we know about Bay Hill? It has a very sticky course history, right? One of the stickiest on the PGA Tour. Got t- t- uh, they tend to continue to play well when they've played well there before, and they can, uh, tend to continue to struggle when they've struggled before. That does not mean Max Homa is guaranteed to finish inside the top 25. It is just more prevalent here than other places. Uh, what do we know about Max Homa? He has a complete well-rounded game, and the reason that he does so well at difficult golf courses is because he has a complete well-rounded game. He said he did not drive it very well on the back nine at Riviera. And I would agree with that because I followed that group and I saw every shot that Max Homa hit over probably the final two days. And that was the worst he drove it. Now he saved himself by gaining 11 strokes putting. He's not going to do that again, but he doesn't have to. That's not really his DNA. His DNA is to be much more consistent. I think it's interesting. And will you get a decent price on him? I mean, jock market is a, it's a stock market game, right? It's an expectation game. It is being able to, um, get a guy who outperforms his expectation. It's a lot of fun, actually. Now they have pick so you should go check it out. There's a link in the description. Can you guys hear Oliver losing his mind? I wonder if, if we just get an Amazon delivery. I wonder what's happening out there. Is someone breaking into that? Do I need to go, or am I just going to? Okay. Um, Davis Riley on the deep dive. I wonder what he's barking about. Okay. Missed three cuts in a row. T29 at the Honda. This is encouraging. It is the Honda field, but this is encouraging. Gained six strokes ball striking, which is his best since Houston, which was much more in line with that good run that he had. So we could be seeing a return to form for Davis Riley. It is only one start. It is only a one start sample, but this is much more in line with what we saw here, which was much more impressive, which would have been like Zurich to US Open. I will probably wait to see one more, but if you want to jump on now and try to be early on Davis Riley, good luck. Who would you say is the most over-owned player in the field, the most under-owned? Also, can we get an updated model? Yes, Mark, and yes. Uh, okay. most I'm not a huge JT fan this week, uh, but he is not, or Rory is not like three times as likely to win the golf tournament as Justin Thomas is. Okay, so he's at 11% projected ownership. That's too low. I'm not big on him, but that's too low. Most overowned? Where's Terrell? Like Terrell Hatton? And I'm a Terrell Hatton guy, but again, he is not, he should not be twice that of Hideki and Sam Burns and Tom Kim and Jordan Spieth. I I I think that's a little too much on course history there for old Terrell. Updated model. Um, should I load? I'll load. Should I load? I'll load Mondays. I'll load Mondays and we'll we'll kind of tweak it from there. So here was here's what I did on Monday. Now I think what I wanted to do was shorter term putting. So let's change it from strokes gain putting last 100 to strokes gain putting last 24. We will also um Let's also take driving distance down to six and put it on implied win percentage, which is your odds. We will also dial back uh, strokes gained par threes over 200 yards, and we'll put an extra five on strokes gained hard to bump it up to 13. So that would give me Rom, Day, Rory, Scheffler, Homa, Zalatoris, Xander, Finau, Hatton. The 
interesting ones would be uh, Fleetwood at 10, Hadwin at 13, Ricky at 14. Also, the other thing is I'm only going to run one lineup. Don't play this lineup, but like just so that you can see, you know, like, okay, five golfers, at least five golfers from the PM wave. Yeah, that would be pretty good. I'm not even going to say it out loud. All right, I'll say it. Homa, Colin, Xander, Fleetwood, Gary Woodland, Alex Smalley. So pretty sick. Thanks, Mark. I feel like Cantlay top finishes overdue. Does his stats coming into the week prove the same? Yeah. So the good thing with him, um, obviously he played well at Riviera, but he is not, he doesn't, he never really foreshadows, right? He can, he can miss a cut just like this, miss a cut in Phoenix, finish third in Genesis. I believe, um, crap. Don't quote me on this, but Google this yourself. I believe he put some new clubs in the bag for Phoenix and was kind of getting used to them. And clearly that worked. So, um, do, do not quote me on that. I'm pretty sure you can just write off this Phoenix miscut. And yeah, the rest of the stats are, are pretty insane. Would you rather have Alex Noren or Minwoo Lee for season long seen Minwoo Lee qualify for the players? Yeah, I'd probably have Minwoo. Minwoo can win you matchups. Noren would be like, just like your fifth or sixth guy. He like probably doesn't even crack a lot of your, a lot of your lineups. Afternoon, Mr. Rungood. Are one of your are one of the big three a must in DraftKings fantasy lineups? Oof. No, I don't think so. I don't think so because uh, I, oh, I did this on the first cut with Sia on on Monday. It's basically the same. Like you can have seventy three hundred dollars left over if you play Rom and Victor, or you can have seventy three hundred left over if you play Homa, Morikawa, Zalatoris, or something like that. And it's like, wow, that's that's kind of hard to pass up. So I no, I think if you want to start in the nines, fire away. Okay, this is an interesting question. Um, has Morikawa always been bad during strong wind, or is that just recency bias? Are you scared of him more than others? So this is something that I've actually perpetuated as well. So I'm kind of involved in this. I don't know. My memory, and as I've been kind of just tracking this in my brain. Like, I don't remember him ever playing very well in the wind, but could you argue that he wasn't playing well in general and the wind exasperated it or the wind had nothing to do with it? Or is this just like three or four rounds that I remember that who cares? Like I should be throwing, he's played like a hundred other rounds since then. You know what I mean? So I'm actually kind of interested, like if he struggles again this week in the wind, but, uh, I, I don't know the answer to that. We'll keep an eye on it. How are you rating the injury concern for Fitzy? Yeah, so uh, Dan Rappaport tweeted about this from a couple hours ago. The quote on Fitzpatrick is from him, from Fitzpatrick. It's okay, not 100%, but getting better, better than Riviera. That's pretty much, that's, I think that's good enough for me. He's dominated around this place, all good. Hey, Rick, I put... 25 weights on distance, club head speed, par three scoring, 200 plus, par five scoring, weighted strokes gain approach. That's pretty good. Minwoo is number two over last 12, 24, 36, projected 5% ownership. Fire away. Minwoo, uh, again, I mean, I hate to do like the shameless plugging, but having access to the European tour data, rickrungood.com, shows you how good Minwoo has been. Okay. It's all, it's, it's like eight top 13s in a row, a bunch of, top fives played well at Honda 
And he gave three strokes away around the greens, which I think this is a little bit easier around the greens at Bay Hill than it is at, at Honda. And the rest of this, that profile is right. Minwoo is a legitimate player. Can you please explain the randomness, how the randomness works in the custom model, why it increases the value of players when you generate lineups, if you increase the randomness. Okay. So when you, I'll get myself out of the way. Randomness takes the value and for every lineup it runs, every set of, or every set of lineups that it runs or every opportunity it gets to run a lineup adds, or excuse me, uh, adds a multiple in either direction to the value. So if you have 10% of randomness, and a golfer's value is 100. For every single lineup, it will uh, add, excuse me, multiply by 10% or remove 10%, somewhere in between. So it'll be anywhere between 110 and what, 90, right? Somewhere in between that. And the idea is embracing a little bit of volatility, saying, you know, my projections aren't perfect. My values aren't perfect. Give me an opportunity to randomize this a little bit. So if you crank up the randomness, like 25, yeah, like you're going to get guys like Hatton's value might jump from 76 to 90, or it might go from 76 to 58 or something like that. Right. So when you start ramping up this percentage, it's going to create a lot more situations. And then what that does in turn is because now you're causing a lot more chaos with the randomness, you're getting a lot more players in your player pool because somebody who might not have ranked well before, let's say it's Zach Johnson, who has a 48 value, and I crank up randomness to 50%, there's going to be a couple of runs where he gets up to like 70 or whatever. And now he's in some of your lineups because he's only $6,500. So increasing the randomness is going to increase the, the, the player pool. Ryan Fox, deep dive. Yeah, all right. Who am I to say no to Nick? T17 at the Singapore Classic gained nine strokes on approach. Yikes. That's sick. T11, T20. So that's three straight top 20s. He's a big, strong guy too. You talk about club head speed. You talk about extracting yourself from the... Has he played this event before? No, he hasn't. From the thick rough? I'll tell you what, that might not be so bad. Hits it a mile. Do we have any stats on him? Yeah, see, the problem is we don't have his Euro stuff, but he hits it a long way. Interesting. That's not so bad. Uh, tell me why I shouldn't build every lineup around Kurt Kitayama. We are at that portion of the show. Let's find out. Well, he missed the cut at Riv. Uh, he's generally a very bad putter, and he is slightly above average everywhere else. That's probably why you shouldn't, right? I mean, he's a, he's an above-average PGA Tour player, uh, but he an, an above-average PGA Tour player in this field I mean, he's going to have to do something special with the putter, which has actually been better lately. But this is this is not it. This is not that exciting to me. And I love Kurt, Vegas guy, but that's that's not an exciting stat profile. What do you think about Tom Kim as a pivot off of Day in Hatton? So, th- I actually think this is an interesting s- spot for Tom Kim because he's going to have an opportunity to kind of I don't want to say silence the critics, but on a golf course like this, I mean, it's a bi- it's a big course, it's a long course, but. Could he attack this out of the fairway, right? If if you get that 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 grainy, that thick rough where these guys are playing out of the four inch stuff and it's overseeded with rye, right? Like, what happens if Tom Kim just plays out of the fairway from twenty yards back? 
Is that better? I think we're going to find out. So I do think it is kind of interesting. I'm not super stoked about it, but let's see. He's half the ownership of Terrell Hatton, uh, 10%, basically the same as Jordan Spieth. Not bad. Favorite Puerto Rico plays this week? Um, Got to be Akshay, right? So here's the power. So I did I did load these guys into the power rankings. So if you look at the strokes gained for the Puerto Rico, uh, there's only like 12 guys who are actually gaining strokes to the field. Akshay is gaining nearly a stroke per round. It's a pretty big gap. Him and Cam Percy have been pretty good. Um, Sam Stevens is the favorite, right? I thought I saw him at like 18 to one. The other one would be Nico Echeverria. Just raw talent wise, I I, I think he's kind of close-ish. Let's look at the distribution for these guys. Yeah, I mean, Akshay just, Akshay and Harry Higgs, like one of them's going to win this golf tournament, right? Just, just absolutely one of them's going to win this golf tournament. Okay, we can do the Fleetwood deep dive. I'm okay with this. I bet you he's been better than a lot of people realize. T20 at Riv, where he almost gained across the board. Missed the cut in Phoenix. Dubai was fine, except he lost four strokes putting. You go back to the end of the year, he was great. He hasn't been as good in 2023, but if you zoom out and look at his last, what do you want to do? Strokes gained last 100 rounds. Like where do we where do we think he is last one hundred rounds uh, across all tours? Minimum sixty. Whoops, not three hundred and sixty. Sixty rounds. Let's see where he is. Just raw strokes gained. He is number twenty. It's pretty good because I bet you there are more than twenty guys that are priced better than he is. Currently around one hundred fifty to six hundred and one and done. So you're in the top quarter. Curious how you think uh, the the three that you just listed, Scotty, Rory, and Will Zalatoris, are the three highest-owned golfers. Uh, There are only four golfers currently pacing above 10%. It's those three and Terrell Hatton. So I don't think you're being different in any way. But you're in the top 25%. You don't be super different. Top plays between 7,000 and 7,300. It's a pretty small range. But let's look. 7,700 Moronk would be one. Uh, Bezaden would be another. He's been great at API. And then I think I just got talked into Ryan Fox, but I was already, um, I already liked Sam Ryder there. So those four. Is there, is this, I'm just going to read this the way this says. There is there a way hypothesis player fields for non elevated events in the coming months? Thinking about one and done and RM planning. RM. I don't know what RM stands for, Scott. Um, I think you're asking about how to find out if if guys are going to play. I don't have a great answer for that right now. I'm in a 45-person one and done with two events this week. Any advice on a pick for the Puerto Rico Open? Pick Akshay or Harry Hall. That is what I've done. Or uh, you could just pick Sam Stevens, who's the favorite. Or you could just pick Nate Lashley. Like, just you're never going to use these guys again. I'm playing Akshay. I'm playing Harry Hall. Take one of the top five favorites who you like. Can you rank Hovland, Morikawa, Zalatoris, Cam Young for DFS? Uh, Morikawa, Zalatoris, because he's a little bit higher owned. Victor, Cam Young. Yo, Rick, how's it going? I'm liking Taylor Montgomery as a cheaper option this week. His stats look good, but he's missed consecutive cuts. What do you think of him? Yeah, I think we are going to learn a lot this week. So we are getting the natural regression with the putter, which we kind of knew was coming, right? The other problem is uh, he's not driving it as well as he used to. Now, he is actually 
uh, decently long, right? Yeah, he's 15th in club head speed, 57th in all drives. So this is, I, I think, a better spot than like Honda would have been for him or maybe Phoenix. Like Phoenix is not a good setup for Taylor Montgomery with the desert everywhere. That's just like no kidding. He lost two and a half strokes off the tee, like obviously, but he's going to have to gain four on the putting surfaces. And I think this is a better driving spot for him. So cautiously optimistic. Let's call it a six out of 10. What is Minwoo's price going to be next week after he wins this week? Uh, here's the spoiler. It won't change because I bet you the pricing comes out on Friday or Saturday for the players. They always release it early. So you're going to have built-in value on like somebody who plays well this week who's going to be like $7,200 next week, and it's going to come out before the tournament even starts. How do you not – okay, John says, how do you not lock Chris Kirk? It's actually not that bad like of an idea. Um, only golf do guys get punished for being the best player in the world last week. He was awesome last week and he's been great here. Like I'm not a huge fan of, of running back out the guy who won last week, but this is four straight top 15 finishes and five top 15s in his last six years at API. And he's got a great head on his shoulders. Like, uh, yeah, Chris Kirk's probably going to have a good week. It's not like he had to make a huge travel, right. Going from West Palm to Orlando. It's not like, like, come on. It's, this is like the best, the best time to get the guy who won last week, in my opinion. How do you see Finau for this week and next? He's been, he's not been great at these events, but he's arguably, yeah, that's the problem. Well, this week's, this week is a pretty consistent course history. Next week is like, um, chaos, right? Next week is just, there's water everywhere, highly volatile event. I'm going to pull up his, um, Stat profile here for both of these. Also, by the way, if you hold control, you can click multiple. I don't know if anybody knows that, but you can do that. So yeah, he's missed the cut at two years straight. The players missed the cut at the API the last time he played it. His best finish at either one of these events is is T22. I'm not that optimistic, to be honest with you, just because this week has been so consistent and next week is absolute chaos. How good do you run, Rick? Generally quite great. Lowest owned 9K golfer. That will be Hovland at 13. Uh, no, sorry. JT at 9,600. Uh, JT at 11.6. Finau and Victor in the 13s. Do you like Rory McIlroy if his putter can get warm? Who wouldn't, baby? Let's go. Of course. The only thing that has gone remotely wrong for Rory in the last two weeks is the putter. Everything else is elite. And then you look at what he's done at Bay Hill. Pure domination. Not not just like good for Bay Hill, good for all golf courses and all players on all golf courses. Rory is that dude. Let's go. How long is the rough surrounding the greens at Bay Hill this week? Uh, It's thick. If it's not closely mown, it's not. Does that make you like Victor more this week? Yes. You wanted to be reminded that you would like to know Chris Kirk's ownership this week. Okay, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. I will tell you it is 9.9%. Let's go. You mentioned the potential importance of club head speed this week. Uh, yeah, are you using this stat for tiebreakers? Yeah, so so he, here's why, right? This stat model, which I'm so proud of, you know, there's really no opinion from me on this. This is a stat model on 
the course key stats tool that it just looks at every player at every golf course and builds the types of golfers that have success. And historically, the types of golfers that have success are ones with great club head speed and great approach play. Not that weak, right? Which I think is an important distinction because it's, it would be like saying, oh, guys that win at Bay Hill putt well that week. Like, no, no kidding, obviously. But building models and groups of golfers, club head speed, stroke scanned approach, club head speed, stroke scanned approach. Armin is telling me there's a little crackling. Maybe a wire is touching something. Maybe I'm very excited. I don't know. I'll try to, I'll try to, I'll try to be good. Sorry. I'm very excited. Maybe I've got, maybe my mixer is touching something. Hopefully this audio is okay. <sighs> Do you think players showcased in full swing will have increased ownership due to name recognition? No. Good question. I just don't think so. Is Finau still a bomber? think when he wants to be right statistically speaking he is uh not really uh kind of 39th in driving distance on all drives one and done pick this week i'm leading my league currently suggestion question mark rory mcelroy or john ron pick your favorite and plug it in how does grillo look this week can i tell you i watched emiliano grillo make an eight or a 10 or something at number 10 and it was Probably not his fault, but kind of was. Yeah, here's the prob. Remember this part? Remember when Emiliano Grillo figured out how to putt for a handful of weeks between John Deere and the Shriners he gained every single week? This was unbelievable. Remember that? We are long gone from that. And we are also not getting elite ball striking Emiliano Grillo anymore. So this is a pretty ugly stat profile all around. I'm sorry, EG. Have core cascaded the last two weeks? Decent results. Is there a preferred tourney size? Uh... Yeah, like whatever that, whatever that, like bir- the like the birdie, right? Like the three dollar birdie, or I think it's like the one dollar short game, or like whatever those low dollar, ten k to first, twenty maxes are. Sign me up, Danny says. Hovland's breakout win. This course fits his strengths. I'm like way behind on questions. I'll stay longer. I'll stay longer, but let's roll. Hey, Rick, could you rank these guys for my season-long pool? Sungjae, Minwoo, Kirk, Mitchell, Pendrith, thanks. Uh, Sungjae, Minwoo. I mean, it might be the way you have them. Kirk, uh, Mitchell, Pendrith. I think that's fair. I think the way that you have them. I like Pendrith. I think it's a good spot for him, but I can't put him ahead of any of those other guys. That's pretty good. Does the AM PM wave scare you? Uh, ooh, I'm shaking in my boots. I don't know. It, it, we're going to get guys. So here's the, here's the third little secret here. There's going to be guys that play well and are in the mix, even if there is a shot and a half disadvantage, right? JT did it at the player's championship. Like it happens all the time. JT does it every single time he plays. So it happens all the time. Uh, so I would probably just put it like at least four guys from the PM AM wave and just kind of take my chances. But it's been pretty consistent all week. It looks pretty. Looks like it's pretty ugly. Happy API week. Could you do a head-to-head with Sepp Straka versus Joel Damon? Yeah, okay. So this is the head-to-head matchup tool, rickrungood.com. Oh, that's embarrassing. I got to log into my own site. That's embarrassing. Give me one second here. Oh, boy. How many rounds do we want to do, Mitchell? I do like, I'll do, I mean, 36 is generally my favorite. All right, here we go. Logging in, logging in, loading the data. Here we go. Sepp Straka 
versus Joel Damon. So you can plug any two golfers in you want, change it to 36 rounds, and I will tell you that, wow, Joel Damon wins this. I mean, that's a lot. 80, it says 80% of the time. That's like as high as you're ever going to get. He wins literally every category uh, in terms of strokes gained. Zero, one, two, three, four, and five. So pretty easy there. Bradley or Fleetwood? I like Bradley. Need to pick one. And only the finishing position matters. Jason Day, Tommy Fleetwood, Killer Keith. Uh, Jason Day. If Scotty tees off at 7.30 a.m. Thursday, that means he has a Friday afternoon tee time. Correct. They're always going to play one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Fade Morikawa when it's windy. Agree or disagree? I'll tell you after this week. Rick Rom, Rick Rom or Rory for one and done this week? Go with Rick. No. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Okay, so I'm in like six one and dones. I think I'm leading in two of them. They're smaller, obviously. Um, I just split them up. It doesn't matter. Go If you made me choose, go with Rory because the course history is really sticky and he's good, but... Yeah, so this is not a bad way, right? So safe to say stacking PM, AM for cheaper players is optimal. My thinking is playing a stud in the AM, PM, have them tee off. Early. Okay, so this is this is not bad. So AJ has the idea, right? Like if you have, you know, guys who are going to get the, let's call it a shot and a half wave advantage, but like JT comes out of the wrong group or like some elite player, some elite player is going to beat the beat the wave shift this week. Uh, I have answered a couple of these, so I will skip around. I play in five-man league weekly. Ownership projections don't mean much, so take all the high-owned players or just watch Rick run good weekly. It's tough when you play guys. Oh, that's not a question. Okay. Thanks, Maverick. I'm, I'm, should I do it or no? Um, really quickly, because we've been, I'm so sorry, because we've been growing and there's a lot of new people, and I'm going to try to be as nice as possible. There are no win stats on rickrungood.com because they are garbage. And anybody telling you otherwise is probably lying to you. Yes, I can pull who has played well on days where there has been wind in the area. That does not even come remotely close to telling the entire story. It does not tell you who got gusted, it doesn't tell you what direction. It doesn't tell you golfers that like a right to left wind when they hit a fade or the opposite when they hit a draw. It does not tell you which parts of the golf course are more exposed because there are parts of the golf course that are way more exposed. It doesn't tell you when a par five was playing downwind and then the wind shifts and you get the same miles per hour of windiness, but now it's playing into the wind. There is so much that is not accounted for that if you're using strokes gained on days that it was windy, you are doing it wrong. If anybody wants to solve this problem and help me solve it, I would love to, right? Because I'm not, I don't, I want to offer a solution, but wind stats are generally garbage. I'm sorry for those of you who had to listen to that, who have been here for five years and had to listen to that again. I apologize, uh, but that's the problem. Rick, your site is just too good. Says Mr. Mike. So I admittedly don't have a full understa- under, under, understanding of every aspect. Could you elaborate a bit on the tournament predictor? Sam Burns with the third highest win per- percentage is something. Yeah, I mean, I certainly agree with that. So the tournament predictor runs the results of the event uh, 1,000 times. 
and shows you what the results are, and then it compares it to value uh, across the sports books. So Sam Burns won the simulation 5.5% of the time. The sim loves upside more than it hates downside, if that makes sense. So like Sam Burns, who's kind of been all over the place, Sam Burns, who um, you know is back on Bermuda, Sam Burns, who when he gets really hot, can be a great approach player and a great putter. Like I get why the model loves it, why the sim loves it, but yeah, no, it's a lot. So, so that's why I bet it, right? I mean, what did I get it at? 60? Uh, I got it at 62. So of course I bet it, right? Cause that's how I, I look through this and I say, okay, that's a big value. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to be perfect. I mean, it's a simulator, but it loves upside. I'm like 40 minutes behind. So like John just saying that folks is what equity is, is like, like amazing. I have zero, I have zero idea what that is in reference to. What are you working on with the APGA guy? Um, just statistics, a little bit of managing the golf course, learning dispersions. And, and um, I mean, it's basically like Rickade decade, but like probably worse, but it's okay. Um <laughs> Again, I have no idea what this is. Time for the NBA to allow exemptions for five foot five white guys to play. I'd kill. I'd be sick. Um, <laughs> all right. I have answered a lot of these. Let me get uh Okay, I'll try. I mean listen, I'll answer anything you want. Dan says, I don't get the whole don't support live because the Saudis are corrupt. Why shouldn't the golfers have that money instead of a corrupt regime? Live seems to benefit all golfers and fans. Um, I'll stop you on the fans part. So I think that golf uh, in general and live and the PGA tour, I think has definitely gotten significantly better if you're a player, right? I think you've gotten significantly more out of it. If you're a player, I think if you're a sponsor, you will probably end up getting more out of it because you're going to get a lot more tournaments where all the players come together. I think honestly, throughout this whole thing, fans have been the big losers, right? You know, we lost, we want to monopoly sports is where you want a monopoly uh, because you want all your best players in one spot. You don't want Steph Curry and LeBron James and Giannis going and playing in a different league with Luca and leaving other, leaving Joel Embiid behind, right? Like you don't want that. You want all of your, you want all of your best players in one spot. So the fans, I believe have been the biggest losers in all of this. Okay. So that's, that's how I feel about that. Uh, as a part of why shouldn't the golfers have that money instead of a corrupt regime? I think the the argument to that would be, I mean, personally, I, yeah, the golfers get whatever you want. Like, also, I'm not going to shed a tear over like multimillionaires not getting more multi. Like, I don't really care about that. I think the argument that you would hear is that the idea of these golfers taking the money from the regime further legitimizes them. Right. And that's where the whole sports watching conversation comes into play. So I think that is the argument that as you legitimize uh, a regime that clearly um, is doing a lot of horrible things. But Rick, the United States does horrible things. I know the United States Treasury also doesn't run golf leagues like I get it. Right. Like it's I think the I think the argument is when they take the money, they're legitimizing it. That's the answer. What I believe to your question, Dan. Rory or Scotty this week for one and done. I have played almost exclusively Rory and Rom this week. I played Rory when I've been front running or Rom if I've already used Rory. And I played uh, Rom, believe it or not, 
in ones that I need to make up ground in. So as of right now, I have John Rahm at 4.4% projected ownership in one and dones. This is a rare situation where you can get the favorite at a low ownership because a lot of people have already used John Rahm or are saving him for next week at the Players' Championship. So Rahm when chasing, Rory when leading for me. How would you deploy a 100% boost on your betting card? Ooh, would you use it to get Rory from 9 to 18 or Zalatoris from 22 to 44, assuming the uh, probably 9 to 18? That feels that feels better. Also, the same questions are coming through, uh, which is not necessary. Uh, okay, I've answered a couple. Of let's do let's do this one. This one's pretty good. Nick Taylor. And I'm, obviously I'm going to go into overtime here. Don't, don't, don't fret. Don't fret. I know we only have four minutes left. Don't, don't fret. I will postpone my trip to Chipotle. Here's Nick Taylor. What I was impressed with on Nick Taylor was the follow-up from Phoenix to Riff. Uh, obviously stacked field coming off literally like the event of his career in terms of cash and just being in the mix throughout. Held strong. the. I mean, he was in just constant featured groups with boppers and hung strong. And then he gained across the board at Riviera. So this is now a pretty darn good stat profile for a guy who showed us a little more upside than I thought we had. Has he played here before? Three out of five making the cut, no better than T32. I wouldn't mind going to Nick Taylor. Justin Thomas at 31, 30 to one is hard to look away from. I know he's been on the bad weather wave, but he overcome a similar wave. Yeah, so we're getting close to the point of like this number's too long. For JT, I I did not bet it, obviously. I told you who I bet. I worry about the approach play. I worried about the continued putter uh, concerns. I, I worry about a lot of things. But we're getting close. Like If he can not win this week and not win next week, whenever we get him again, which I guess would be like Memorial or something like that, where he's same field, and if I can get like a 30 on him there, like fire him up, I'm just not there. You're not going to get a good deal on him next week. But soon i'm holding out hope that he doesn't win and we can and we can get him in there let's get some likes for rick great content best in the business thank you can you do a deep dive on aaron wise i feel like i'm constantly doing deep dives on aaron wise but let's do it uh i think i'm concerned am i concerned yeah i'm not really that happy where's the great t to green play that we saw for the vast majority of his career pedestrian slightly above average He's played this event before. T17 last year, three out of four made cuts. He he is not that golfer right now. He gained eight strokes ball striking last week, or uh, last uh, last time he played this. Hasn't done that since the Memorial last summer. And he's been losing as of late. I am worried about him. I am worried about him. So, he, so course fit-wise on Cam Young, probably one of the better spots for him, right? Club head speed, power, drive it far, be great all around. I worry about this, the short game aspects, uh, and it has not been nearly as good as last year. But if you look at like last 100 rounds, something like that, he's probably one of the better guys in this field for this golf course. I bet him 38 to 1. Uh, we'll see, Matt. Has Taylor, has, uh, this says Tyler Montgomery. Taylor Montgomery regressed to the mean. We're going to find out. Yes, this will continue to be the year of the chalk. 
He has a Taylor Montgomery has a better stat profile for Bay Hill than he did for Scottsdale. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Do I have anything on Ludwig? What do we have on Ludwig? Aberg. Uh, yes, he is one. He is a top amateur. So he played in Dubai. That's the event Rory won. Gained off the tee, lost on approach, lost around the green, gained with the putter. Missed the cut at last year's Valero. Missed the cut at the RSM Classic in 2021. I've got very limited data on him, so I'd be lying to you if I said I had any real interesting information on him. Uh, some of these are funny. I, I've done a couple of Ryan Fox deep dives. Just like, just go back. Okay, we didn't get a chance to do the Bazaden Hope stuff. I, I, I quickly mentioned him in like the bottom of the 7K range. So here's the deal. Um, It's been okay, right? He's generally pretty, pretty reliant on his putter, but he gained strokes off the tee and he gained strokes uh, actually in both ball striking categories at Honda, which is something he did in just two measured rounds at the American Express, not a ton, but this is this is not the worst in the world. But what I do like again, I'm a you know this week I'm going to be a, a pretty big stickler on the course history stuff, and he's got three straight top twenties, including a seventh, and he seems to love rolling the rock around here, and he's been great around the greens, and I just I just think if you're going to be invested in the narrative or not even a narrative in the statistical idea that Bay Hill plays sticky. You got, you, you gotta, you gotta be there. Here's the deep dive on Grayson Sig. It's not particularly great. Um, losing off the tee in four out of five losing in the ball striking categories in four straight, no real pop ability upside, probably pretty capped in an event like this. His best finish is a T 15 at RSM uh, as of late. T11 in Bermuda, T9 in Jackson. What are all of those? Very, very weak fields. What are you not going to get this week? Uh, a weak field. So feels a bit capped for me there on old Grayson Sig. What do you think about your buddy Bo Hostler this week? Yeah, how about Bo? Let's take a look at Bo. Bo is actually a lot longer than uh, people realize. Stout short game, improved on approach. Played well in Phoenix. What's he done here before? What's Bo done here? Oh, Bo knows. Four straight missed cuts and getting better every time, or made cuts and getting better every time. 66th, 58th, 24th, 20th. So you know what this is? T16. If Bo Hostler finishes exactly T16 this year, you guys all owe me a dollar. Is that a deal? Do we have a deal? If Bo Hostler finishes exactly T16, all 450 of you who are watching right now have to come and super chat a dollar next week. Free roll for me. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about that. We talked about that. Talked about that. This is all good signs. This is interesting, but Parker, I think that you kind of nailed it. So Wyndham Clark, I was so impressed with Wyndham Clark and, Clark and Scottsdale. I was so impressed. And he hits it so far, and he backed it right up. I mean, these are great. This is such a good stat profile. Wyndham Clark hasn't missed a cut since Las Vegas. He's been piling up top 30s, even in tough fields. The stats are there. He's long. It's all good. But I think this is the problem, right? That's, I mean, he missed the cut, and he finished 68th. And it, it was the last time he played at the API was 2021. It was two years ago. 
he was a different player then, right? Show me he was, yeah, he's so much better now. Oh, he's tangibly better now. Fire up Wyndham Clark. Let's go. I think you have to. Tangibly better. Since the start of 2023, seven of eight winners have four or less letters in their name, with Scheffler being the exception. Does List finally gain four strokes putting this week and continue this trend? Well, that trend, I mean, it is nearly foolproof. So I cannot imagine it doesn't continue. Chances of Luke List gaining four strokes putting. Yikes. Um, well, he's done it once. He did it at the PGA Championship. He gained seven. That was uh, five, four years ago. Gained five at the Honda five years ago. Gained six in Houston six years ago. And he's lost in 17 consecutive starts. So probably not going to happen. The good news is he probably doesn't even need to gain four. Probably needs to gain like two and gain 13 strokes in the ball striking categories and be a zero around the green and gain 15 strokes and win this golf tournament. Hmm. Probably not going to happen. Best tournament you've seen in person. I've been to the Masters and Waste Management. Consider myself very lucky. The U.S. Open at Brookline was... Amazing. I've answered a lot of these, which is good. Um, Cam Young or Vic? Vic. JT 30 to 1 eyeball emoji. Do you cover Yahoo? No. JT was the fourth favorite at Genesis and everyone loved him. Now he's 2X his odds and nobody wants any of him. Thoughts? I imagine is because he didn't play particularly well at Genesis and also um, the Bay Hill stuff, right? I think he played here once in 2015. And I mean, you're not wrong. I, I do think there is a conversation to be had at some point about the natural ebbs and flows of golf tournaments and why we should probably be more selective with who we bet and bet them for longer. So we should probably have been like, okay, really, really selective, really, really selective. And then last week said, okay, I like Justin Thomas. I weigh this. Is, I like the way this is trending. I'm going to bet him for his next five starts. Something like that. I think we should probably, because there's just, think about how many times you hop off somebody and then he goes out and has a great week or you're a week early, or you're a week late, whatever. I, I think we should probably be more selective and, and bet guys longer. Uh, Thurston Lawrence, what field is he in? Is he in this field? Seriously. Is he in this field? Did he get in this field? Uh, how do I get rid of this comment? T38 in Thailand, missed the cut in Singapore, T42, miscut WD. Doesn't look very good to me. Full swing could have had a full episode on last year's player championship. Preach. Lingmurth, Eric Kohler, Zach Johnson. Ugh, Lingmurth probably, but I don't love any of those. Is there a McElroy effect in play with Hatton? Uh, no, probably not. I will do a deep dive on Garrick Higo, but I'm not going to fall for your trolling wither wind question. I like Garrick Higo. Garrick Higo 
Um, tell you what, playing some good golf. Four out of his last five been pretty good. T11 at the American Express, T29 last week, T20 at Pebble Beach. We've been tracking this because we said he's no longer with Claude Harmon. We've been tracking this. Things have been good. Your audio is great, Rick. Oh, thank you. With some emphasis on driving distance, do you take into account driving accuracy with water and play on a good amount of holes? Uh, sure. I would prefer distance. I mean, the model prefers distance and I kind of bend the knee to the model. So, uh, do you actually play contests on DraftKings? I've never really seen you post results or talk about your results. Uh, so, yeah, the I do this. I kind of do this with my bets as well. Is like you shouldn't care what I do, right? Like, there's no reason for you to care what I do, which is why I never post results. Because why does it matter, good or bad? Uh, we're going to handicap the field. We're going to break it down. We're going to do the data. I like the $100 and $200 single entries. Um, I do okay. I, I won the long drive. Or I, didn't, I think I finished second and never posted it because like it, that, it, it doesn't matter. I don't want to be that guy, right? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't know. <laughs> Which four golfers would you cast for the hangover four? Harry Higgs, Joel Damon. We need a straight man. Colin Morikawa and uh, Adam Scott. Think about how much good looking stuff he could he could conjure up in uh, he could conjure up in in Vegas. <laughs> Could you imagine? If you needed to parlay three long shots top 40, who are you rocking with? Okay, I would go with um, – I don't know how far down you want me to go here. I would go with Sam Ryder. I would go with Ryan Fox. And I would go with Ben Griffin. Good luck. Here's a good question about – uh, sorry. I meant – so it says Akshay with Harry Higgs or Harry Hall. I meant Harry Hall. My bad. Harry Hall is who I met, not Harry Hicks. Uh, we'll do the Gary Woodland thing because obviously he was in this until very, very late last year. And we are seeing a bit of a resurgence. 9.7 strokes gained on approach at the Genesis Invitational. He's made five of his last six cuts. He's got two top tens during that stretch. And I bet you, let's see what his ownership is going to be. Gary, where are you, friendo? He is 10.8% owned. That's pretty darn good. Is Rom really going to be this low owned? Per the numbers. We did that. We did that. We did that. Uh, can we get a breakdown of why Victor is fourth in your model? Uh, which model? Custom model? Or... The one you ran on your Tuesday pod. I didn't think I ran a Tuesday model yesterday. With Andy? I don't think I ran one. Sorry, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming because I probably ran something that was like long par threes, which I think he's pretty great at. Uh, ball striking, which he's pretty great at. The around the green numbers have been okay, right? So if I did short term around the green, probably. If I did Bay Hill course, if I did Bay Hill and I did strokes gain hard, he probably, he probably popped pretty well. 
LeBron, Anthony Davis, and D'Angelo Russell are all out tonight. Can you be in Oklahoma in three hours? No, but, I mean, if they need me on the West Coast, I'm in. Right? I mean, when the Lakers get back, I'm in. I can distribute. What's your take on Liv's reaction to the PGA Tour imitating the non-cut events? I want to disagree, to be honest. It is sort of true with elevated events. Uh, Liv saying, oh, uh, imitation is the best form of flattery. Like, cool. You won Twitter for three minutes. I don't, I, that's cool. Uh, I don't like the no cut. I don't like the small field no cut events. I think what the PGA Tour, the PGA Tour has a, has a, has a problem where they have so many stakeholders they need to, they need to make happy. Sponsors, players, fans, um, you know, partners, all this other stuff, right? And, and, the way to do, I, I think it's smart. They should get rid of the PIP. I saw they made the PIP smaller. They should get, the PIP is just a pure money population, uh, popularity contest. It is stupid. We don't even know how it works. They should get rid of it. So I, you have to have a way to funnel money, money to your top players. I understand why they're doing this. Guaranteed, no cut events, guaranteeing money to your players. I get it. That checks off one box. The, the people that checks off sponsors and that checks off players. I don't believe it checks off fans. I don't like the, the 78 or 80 player fields with no cut events. I would like to see 100 or 120 players with a 36 hole cut. That would be my preference. Um, I understand why they're doing the other stuff. I think it's good that they're doing this where they're getting the elevated events. I think it's good that they're going to have two elevated events, three regular events, two elevated events, and you're going to have these little mini races of guys to sprint. Like, like you're going to have, like last week, Chris Kirk and Eric Cole are now going to have two more weeks to try to get into elevated events, right? And it's like, okay, they're now the front runners, and it's going to be pretty cool. I do not like the 78 or 80 player fields with no cuts. I don't like that. Um, maybe it'll change, right? I mean, we'll see. The, the, think about how much the schedule has changed just in the last 18 months and all this stuff, like this is possible. They do this for one year and they continue to tweak, but I do not like that. Chipotle fan here. Uh, who isn't though? What's your go-to? Uh, Sofritas. It's very bland. You're going to hate it. Sofritas burrito, white rice, uh, pico. Then I add Frank's red hot at home. Sometimes I will get chips and guac, but unfortunately that's about as boring as you can get. Apologies. We have talked about these. If you're looking, if you, there's like a billion questions about the weathers, I did it at the very top. Just rewind. I did it at the very top. <laughs> okay, but you have to give us all a dollar if Bo doesn't finish T16. I will give you all a penny if he doesn't. I'm going, I'm, this is like an exact, like an exact bet. I'll give you all a penny if he doesn't. JC will give me a dollar 25. Okay. Uh, yeah, we can do a deep dive on Robbie. I mean, listen, we're 14 minutes over. Like, let's like, if you're still here, like you're here for the Robbie Shelton deep dive, right? Isn't, isn't that kind of how it works? It's honestly really good. I haven't been in a lot of season long leagues. Um, T 10 at RSM, but then this year, look at this year. So he misses the cut at Sony T six at the American express gaining five strokes on approach in two measured rounds. T 67 at the farmers gaining three and a half in three measured rounds. Uh, uh, T 20 at pebble, Gaining on approach, again, that's only uh, two measured rounds. And then Honda, boom, 5.6 in the ball striking, 7.5 from T to green. Robbie Shelton's a good player. Robbie Shelton can flush it, um, just find me like two strokes on the putting surfaces. Has he played this event? He has. Not well. Although the last time he played it was 2021. I like it. 
<laughs> if Luke List gains with, I forgot about this. If Luke List gains with the flat stakes, CEO owes me ten dollars. I forgot about that. That's true. Oh, uh, appreciate you, Puck. Puck just gave me the dollar now. Thank you. Um, anyway, on your site to look at player profile on a course with just Bermuda grass. Yes. And do you think their record on Bermuda plays a big role this week? Big? Eh. I think it's reasonable. So a couple ways you can do it. You can go to the golfer profile and you can go to splits and you can see it individually, or you can go to the Holy grail, uh, drop down the filters for, uh, Bermuda grass, and then just like choose however many, you know, years you want or rounds you want or something like that. So, yeah, that was the answer to this question. I always check in once a week. Thank you. Why not more than that? I enjoy your programming. I love giving positive info on bads. I realize he has a long shot this week, but at least getting good enough, to, uh, good enough to get into the field. Let's look at him again. If you're, if you're, if you're 16 minutes overtime, you want the Aaron Baddeley deep dive. Just a chance to see this flow. Let's be real. Missed the cut at the Honda, although it was not very bad at all. Uh, missed it probably on the number. Pebble, T37, losing 4.7 putting in two measured rounds, but he's generally a good putter. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. What's his upside in this field? T22? Uh, maybe something like that. But yeah, he's been he's been playing good. I wish I could say more than that. Um, we have answered this. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler. I'm impressed. He's gained 14 strokes in, on approach in those last three starts. All three of them have been top 20s. Two of them have been elevated events, and one of them should have been, which is the Farmers. Um, the putting is like kind of back, right? I mean, if you've been following along for two and a half years, you knew that I was very, very concerned when Ricky lost the putter. When you lose a weapon, it's horrible. And then for 18 months, he tried a bunch of different putters, and none of them really worked. Is it working now? He lost seven at Congaree, which you can absolutely do. But otherwise, he has gained... In six of nine, um, kind of big gains at Torrey, big gains in Phoenix. This is about as optimistic of a stat profile as we've seen on Ricky in quite some time. And then he's got a bunch of good results around here. He's only missed the cut once in like 10 or 12 years. A couple of higher finishes, T3 in 2013, 12th in 2017, T18 in 2020. So I think um, this is about as optimistic as you can be on Ricky in a while. Thoughts on going back to Eric Cole. Listen, Eric Cole gained eight strokes putting last week. It was like the 13th most anybody's gained this season. He's not going to gain eight strokes putting again, and he's now doing it in a much harder field. I'm probably not going to go back to Eric Cole. I trust, trust me. I am well aware that I'm 15 minutes overdue for my Chipotle injection. Um, all right. I think we're, I think we're at the bottom. Appreciate you. 19, 20 minutes of overtime. Uh, listen, it's a big week. It's a cool week. I like chatting golf with you guys. Do me a favor. Go to subscribe to rickrungood.com. Go subscribe to my newsletter. I didn't even show you. I sent that out this week. It's pretty sick. It's right uh, here. Go check that out. rickrungood.com slash newsletter. I will see you at Chipotle. Best of luck later.